Father, we pray and ask of you tonight that you would greet Israel this morning as the sun will soon be coming up on yet another day of war. That, Father, that you would cause there to be a profound turning of Jews in the country and beyond the country in turning their faith and hearts toward Jesus, Yeshua, to be their Messiah, that the scale maybe, Lord God, that this time would be an indicator also that as it is so tragic and so terrible, but we would see the scale falling from people's eyes like it did with Paul. And Lord, we know, we know as a, a church and believers around the world, we all know that once now you have established Israel, even as it is as a state that is predominantly godless in the sense of not following you personally, but you have assembled it just exactly as your prophets foretold, and you're going to be doing a continued work until your work is finished. The Abrahamic covenant is forever. That's not going to change. And your prophet says in the book of Amos that once Israel's established, they will never again be uprooted. So, Father, we pray that you would bring profound, awesome protection. And, Lord, that you would move in the nations. This is obviously now international level of concern. And God, we pray that you'd give us wisdom, that you'd bless Amir and I uh, this morning, this night here. As we walk through this, Father, we pray that there'd be those tuning in that would actually either come to faith in Jesus tonight or there'd be those who know you, but they don't know much about you. And that they would learn that this is a time well documented in scripture, at the very least, a time where there's wars and rumors of wars. See to it that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, Jesus said. So Father, we invite you tonight, in the name of your precious Son and all God's people said, Amen. 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 Church, before we get going, before we uh, open up with Amir and um, get this underway tonight, I want to read you a scripture, uh, a passage of scripture that you've heard read before, uh, but the amazing thing about what's going on in the world seemingly now every day is the fact that uh, we're catching up to the Bible. The Bible has never changed. It's always been what it is. But things are becoming more clear to us because we are now uh, closer to the end time events, closer to the realities of what the Bible has said. We are arriving as people to the eternal truth that's always been uh, written and before us. So, so now things make more sense to us. And that is by God's divine decree. So listen now how much more important this is from the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonians in chapter 5. 
But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. What a statement, huh? What truth is that? Awesome. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, whether we are alive or we die, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. Church, that's a great mandate for us in these days. So Amir, we want to welcome you, brother. Thank you for, uh, for being with us this morning, your time. It comes at great expense, you guys, for Amir to be with us. Uh, he's in the north of Israel, and um, we're just going to open up. I think, Amir, it'd probably be good, and here's, here, here's what kind of sets it up. Uh, we know that there's a lot of people watching right now, and I'm grateful, for example, uh, where uh, today Charlie Kirk and I were live and for nearly an hour uh, wanting to set straight uh, the record regarding uh, what's going on in Israel and the meaning of Palestine, the meaning of Israel, uh, the promises of God. Uh, how is it uh, that what is happening is scriptural? So we had a tremendous talk today, but he also... Uh, spoke how he would encourage people to listen to you tonight, Amir. So uh, that is a wonderful thing. That's a good thing because there's a lot of very young people who follow him that have been woked by uh, just the narrative that's out there and certainly the universities here in the United States that um, are all but lost uh, their way. So Amir, uh, tell us how you're doing. Uh, Tell us what you can say to the audience about where we're at right now, and then we'll dive into some details. Well, uh, I'm doing okay. The family is uh, kind of split. Uh, half of the family is not in the country, and the other half is uh, either helping at home or in the military right now. Um, we are uh, a nation in post-trauma, uh, there's just no doubt. This is not the same country you, you've known before October 7th. Um, we are still licking our wounds in a way and trying to figure, uh, you know, what went wrong. But at the same time, I've never seen more resolve and unity, especially in light of the disunity we have experienced in the last year. And so... We see a lot of good things. A lot of people are asking 
big questions. I've never been approached by so many Israelis asking me about Yeshua also because <laughs> Amen. whenever they see my pro-Israel stand, they also hear me talking about the true and the only source of peace for this nation, which is the Prince of Peace. So, I mean, we see a lot of stuff going on here. And, uh, you know, a few months ago, God really put on my heart to uh, cancel all my plans for 2024 when it comes to traveling. And, uh, and I also spoke to my closest friends here in the country that I know a, a big war is approaching. And every time I would leave the country, I, I, I would talk to them and say, I don't know if it's now, uh, but uh, it was evident to me that the big, the big day has to come because uh, I've been covering news for the longest time and the preparation of all the Iranian proxies all around yep. us. It's, it's a matter of the last few years. It's not months or, or weeks. So, uh, and we can talk about it tonight if you want, but uh, I, I just want you to know that <clears throat> to those who covered the news, nothing came as a surprise, uh, but uh, the nation itself is still in a state of shock um, and we're ready to strike. We're ready to strike, and um, we will not stop until both Hamas and Hezbollah are no longer a threat. Yeah, and that's which a means must. That's that a must. The, right. Not only Hamas. Hamas uh, in the south, but for us, Hezbollah is ten times bigger as far as uh, being a threat. And this is exactly the source of uh, our mistake. Uh, our eyes were always fixed on the north because we know how, uh, you know, how, how big of a threat it is. And this is probably why we kind of neglected the south. But make no mistake, Hezbollah has 250,000 rockets uh, aimed at Israel, of which many of them are precision-guided weapons, so they, they will hit the target. And, and there's many other hundreds of thousands of zombies on the rest of the borders uh, ready to just run and explode anytime they get orders to do so. So bottom line is um, Israel and the Israelis, none of us is going to go back to our life until these two threats are dealt with. And therefore, I would suggest tonight that the war hasn't really started. What That's we right. see now is the preparation That's right. for a big one, because once Israel enters into Gaza and Hezbollah will start shooting rockets and the Iranian proxies will start attacking from Yemen and from Iraq and from Syria, things will look way different than they are right now. So yeah. we're still bracing for a much bigger uh, thing than what we've seen so far. Yeah, yeah, Amir, um, it is obvious, too, that uh, the international community understands what you just said a moment ago because of the rhetoric and of what's being said and spoken, what's being printed, the posture of nations. We see what's going on with uh, North Korea and China at a time like this. Uh, Russia, the involvement uh, in its relation, it has a, a arms or a mutual defense agreement with Iran. And so Iran is emboldened because they know that Russia's got its back. Uh, and so in light of that, we, I say we, not you, we, the United States, has uh, sailed into the region and um, rather abruptly in my opinion, but I have my, 
my view on this, but um, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but if I remember correctly, Israel was actually not encouraging or asking for U.S. involvement uh, no. in, into this. Israel did not ask for the Marines. They didn't ask for the SEALs. They didn't ask for these carrier two-strike groups uh, to, to come, did they? Israel didn't ask no. us to be there. No, I want did, everybody we, to know we, that. We, we did not ask for that. What we did ask is uh, uh, bunker buster uh, uh, bombs, we, JDAMs, and, and for more uh, Iron Dome munitions and, and stuff like that. We did ask for our help in that area, yep. but uh, we were actually quite surprised that uh, the White House uh, informed us that actually carriers are on their way. Um, but the talk right now is that America is in the Middle East to actually not guard Israel, but to guard the U.S. soldiers that are here in Iraq and Syria because they, again, what they say is that they fear that once we engage into mm -hmm. war with the Hezbollah, um, and the rest of the Iranian proxies, America will become the target mm -hmm. for those uh, proxies. And uh, so this is why, by the way, we're not yet um, engaged in a ground maneuver into Gaza because uh, the U.S. has asked us to hold on with it until mm. um, all of your missile defense systems will arrive to protect your own troops so, no, we were surprised, actually. Uh, we, we didn't ask for it, and it's right. here. Um, and, uh, right. it, and that's what we have. Well, you know, and, and I, want, I wanted you to say that, and I wanted to say it for not only this congregation, but for those watching and those that will watch it later, um, is that Israel is quite, uh, quite ready to take care of this on their own. It is... Uh, it's to the advantage of the, of the U.S. administration to protract this out. Uh, that's why you're seeing this dribbling, dribble, not dribble a basketball, but dribble like out of your nose dribble, uh, delay uh, with Biden speaking to, to Israel and to possibly Qatar uh, regarding maybe Hamas letting out a few more. Listen, if they, if they take this approach and they let out one more hostage and they wait a few wait days or weeks and let out another. You don't, you don't like to hear this, everybody, but uh, this is not our first rodeo in this part of the world. Um, but it just gives the opportunity of the enemy to rearm. That's what happens. That's, what's, that's what their dream is now, is for a ceasefire. Israel cannot do a ceasefire without paying the price. And they've already paid the price with the loss of over 1,400 people, not to mention the trauma and all that's going on with those within the nation. What I'm concerned about, Amir, is that the magnitude of our assets in the area, you said that it's there to protect U.S. Uh, military assets, the, the uh, Eisenhower and, of course, the, the Gerald R. Ford um, what concerns me about that is this is an overshow of strength, in my opinion. This is my opinion. I'm not a military strategist. I'm just saying that this was a very quick deployment, a rapid movement to bring in some of the biggest hardware that the United States possesses. Having said that, I'm just asking how prepared are we after decades of wars, 
that we've failed to win, Iraq, Afghanistan, were incredible blunders that we've lost. Sorry, people, it's true. And yet we, we, we get up and we go with all of our goods, and what concerns me is what has succeeded in recent times is non-conventional warfare tactics, such as terrorists using gliders, right? Or caterpillar bulldozers to go through fences, right? Or capitalizing or commandeering a commercial airliner to fly it into buildings. This is, this is outside the scope of general operating procedures of a military. Why? Because... They don't have rules. But it's interesting to me that the, you, the, the world is saying Israel's got to play by the rules, but Hamas does not have to play by the rules, nor does Hezbollah. And let's be honest, according to our own government, even Iran does not have to play by the rules. Everything that is being pointed at Israel tonight, you paid for, I paid for, because generously... Barack Obama shipped billions of dollars in aircraft to Iran without congressional knowledge, which is a felony. In fact, it's an act of treason. And yet, there's, you'll ne- yet you didn't hear anything about that. We continue to fund Iran, and we are still, and may we always, fund Israel. What are we doing as a country? My concern for Israel is that they are somehow held up. But then I need to remember that God is on his throne. He knows exactly what he's doing. But um, it is very, very important. Please pray for everyone involved. But I've got, I've got grave concerns regarding those that are on the ground, uh, U.S., and grave concerns for those aboard these uh, vessels of the United States Navy. I think they're in great peril. Um, I think they're in great danger because um, we have a tendency to trust in what we have, but we don't have the will to use what we have. We've got really nice toys, but we don't play, play them uh, right. And so this is a vulnerable moment. But just know this, everybody. This, this has not escaped the eye of God. Nothing happens in Israel, let alone the world, without God knowing about this. So, Amir, people are saying things like this. Is this the end of the world? Is this Armageddon? Is this, is, is this a third world war? What's going on? Um, Amir, what can you say? I know you've been asked this by so many media yeah. outlets. What can you say to all of these questions? Now, well, it's not the end of the world. We, we know the story. We know the end of the story. We have the book. We've read it. This is not the end. Israel is not going to be destroyed and definitely not by uh, these savages, but but uh, let me remind everyone that uh, this is the fruit of the uh, policy of this administration. I mean, Iran is flourishing right now thanks to the lifting of the sanctions on the first week of this administration, uh, lifting of sanctions of oil sales. Uh, Iran, at the time of the previous administration, uh, went all the way down to 700,000 barrels a day, and now it's over 2 million a day. Iran's economy is recovering, and, yep. and Iran has billions of dollars that were 
uh, given to, uh, to it by this administration. And yep. everything went to continue and fortify its proxies around. Uh, this is not a new thing, but during the last administration, Iran suffered greatly. And if only the 45th would have continued, probably would have, we would have seen Iran already gone as, as far as its current regime. But we also know that God is on the throne and mm -hmm. God is in control. And the word of God predicted that um, eventually... Uh, the regime in Iran will not be a lover of Israel because the Ezekiel war will include Persia right. in the attacking coalition against Israel. So, so obviously what happens now is we are on the freeway to the Ezekiel war, but we're not there yet. That's but right. the thing is, um, there is a difficult thing for me to see, and this is how the world is expecting us to abide by rules, but those rules are ridiculous. There are, there are more rules for uh, somewhere in Europe, uh, but certainly not in the Middle East. Let me, let me explain that uh, for the first hour of this invasion into, through our borders, we had tank commanders that did not fire a single shot because uh, they saw hundreds or many, maybe over, over a thousand of civilians that were unarmed uh, storming through the openings in the border uh, fence into Israel. And they thought we were told not to shoot any unarmed person. Not to mention that this unarmed person is the person who beheaded babies, who yes. raped women, who burned people alive. But again, because they did not have weapons on them, we did not shoot at them. That I mean, if, if only the, the, the command was anyone that approaches the fence, whether yes. armed or unarmed, shoot in order to kill, things would have been different. But right. we've, we have a Supreme Court that will not allow us to do that. We have an international community that will not allow us to do that. And therefore, Wait, we're are you describing what we saw. And all you... of that is to tell you that when an army has its hands tied behind its back, it cannot really, um, uh, you know, fight uh, uh, or give a good fight. I think that what happened to Israel ever since October 7 is that we have changed the hard disk to, from the yeah. Europe or American mode to the Middle Eastern mode. And, yep. and this is exactly why yeah. they are now yeah. Yeah, so well said. Uh, it's amazing because it sounded like they're, uh, you're describing the United States. We've got a government or we've got leaders. You can't do this. You can't do that. Um, yeah. we, we've got criminals now killing people, laughing on their way uh, to the uh, yeah. courthouse, knowing that they're going to be getting out. All of that. It's almost like it's the same kind of spirit that is just permeating yeah. uh, the world. But you know what's amazing right now, Amir, and... Um, we will we'll be careful with what we what we say on this. That um, where your nation has been the 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 glory of the world when it comes to security, the Israelis felt so secure with your uh, walls and with your electronic fences and with all of your surveillance capabilities, uh, and then to have this happen, uh, where now, Amir, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but this is Wednesday. And so for the last five days, 
the U.S. media has been saying things like this. Um, Feds warn Hezbollah and Hamas may have crossed, past tense, may have crossed into border states here in the United States. And what's shocking is, whoa, wait, feds are warning us about this? When every normal thinking person has been watching this happen for the last several years. And um, not to mention the fact that there are flyers and stuff found in the California and Arizona and Texas desert written in Arabic, giving them instructions to going to certain places. So what's amazing, we've got, we've got a, a, the Iranian regime believing that it's upon them to exercise their devotion to uh, Islam, that they need to destroy the, the big Satan and the little Satan. That's why we hear around the world, remarkably, in Argentina, death to America, death to Israel. It's amazing. In, in foreign countries, in South America, death to America, death to Israel. Where does that come from? That comes from an Islamic doctrine of protest and of belief. But the amazing thing is that, Mir, help us understand this. We're watching university campuses where people are running around waving Palestinian flags uh, saying that they uh, are for the Palestinian I get it. I get that. But in the same breath, they're condemning Israel and leaving Hamas out of the equation completely. They're, they're condemning Israel for what Israel is doing to poor Palestinians without mentioning the word Hamas. So Amir, can you speak to us from the Middle East right now, live, where you're at, help the Western world understand what is this What's happening, the Palestine issue, the Hamas issue, and we're just talking about the South right now. Yeah, you know, first of all, let, let me make it very clear. America is not less under attack than Israel. It's just that you haven't felt it yet. We have. But America is infilt has been infiltrated by thousands of, of these terrorists, and they don't have in mind any territorial dispute. It's not about territory. Right. We found a little note in one of the terrorists' uh, pockets, and we unveiled it today in front of the media. And it says there that Allah is calling them to, to uh, get rid of the enemy because the enemy is a disease without cure, and it can only be dealt by uh, beheading and the extraction of the hearts and the liver from them. Uh, that's the thinking. The thinking is, you're the problem. I mean, we're the problem. And in your case, you're the problem. By the way, death to America and death to Israel is chanted in your own universities. They will not say death to America, but they will, they will say maybe death to Israel, but they will come against America as much as they come against Israel because... Someone indoctrinated them in those universities that we are the colonialists, we are the, the powers that everybody must fight against. But none of them, they are, they are as stupid as my shoe because they don't even know history. 
they don't study history. They don't have a clue that the name Palestine has absolutely nothing to do with Arabs. In fact, if you ask a Palestinian, where is Palestine come from? 99.9% .9 of them will not even know where it comes from. It's funny that the very name that they are so proudly using is actually related to the Jewish history in the land and has nothing to do with Arabs. And so they don't know the ignorance is the best way of the enemy to use, uh, use uh, them as pawns. And, 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 and I call it the deception of the nations. And, and the enemy, this is what he does. Uh, Satan is deceiving the nations all the time. And Israel is one of the main things that deception is about. So let me make it very clear. Hamas is an Islamic resistance movement that has nothing to do with land. It's up, up to, it has to do with religious fight. They are the local branch of the Muslim Brotherhood yes. global um, uh, movement that you can find them in Turkey, you can find them in, in uh, Egypt, and you can find them all around the Middle East and everywhere in the Middle East, except of Turkey, because the leader of Turkey is the leader of them. But everywhere else, uh, the Islamic Brotherhood is actually outlawed because they are very, very dangerous people. And so we're talking about a, a terrorist organization. By the way, in 2014, Benjamin Netanyahu from the stage of the United Nations, um, uh, uh, the United Nations uh, uh, um, main uh, uh, stage there, he said Hamas is ISIS and Obama's White House, the same day, issued an announcement saying Hamas is not ISIS. Uh, it's funny because now everybody sees what Hamas is. It's worse than ISIS. Um, I, I, I don't want to repeat what they did to us on, on, yeah. the fourth, on the 7th of October, but we thought that we've seen it all with footage and documentaries and testimonials from Auschwitz. Auschwitz pales yes. compares to what happened on October 7th. Yeah. A genocide took place on October 7th. And therefore, we have under the Geneva Convention, uh, under international law, we have the duty, not just the, the right, the duty to eradicate them. Now, we must understand that there has never been a Palestinian state in the history of planet Earth. Wait, wait, These wait, say that again. Of Arabs Amir, that say, move, say, that, so, say it again slowly. People again. need to know this. So, nice okay. and slow. Never in the history of planet Earth there was a nation of Palestinians and a country of the Palestinians. Never. Never. These Arabs are a collection of Arabs from different countries all around that predominantly most of them moved into Israel, which was called Palestine, regardless of them. I mean, the name Palestine started in 135 AD by Adrian the Caesar, who wanted to mock the Jews for rebelling against him and named the land after the Philistines, their Old Testament foes. It has nothing to do with Arabs. And, and the funny thing is the Philistines got their name from the word invader. So anyone who claimed to be a Palestinian by default, actually um, it, it confesses to be an invader. But the funny thing is that 
most of the Arabs came as a result of the return of the Jews to the land. That's right. And go back to the 1984 book that was written by Joan Peters, and it's called From Time Immemorial. She's a CBS, or was, she passed away not long ago, CBS producer of documentaries. She was sent by the Carter administration yes. to write a book about the rights of the Palestinians over the land. Jim Carter was a great advocate of the Palestinians. And it's interesting because when she started digging into um, all the archives of the, of the Ottoman Empire, the UN, and the British Mandate, she was shocked to find out that most of the... The land was underpopulated in the mid-1800s. Most of those Arabs came as a result of the Jewish return when the Jews brought in, 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 a lot of wealth and industry and agriculture, and those Arabs saw good future, and they moved in. So everyone that says we were there first, it was our land first, that's nonsense. It's nonsense because it's not even based on facts. And again, when we talk about give them back, there is no give them back. They never had it to begin with. The land was occupied ever since the Jews were expelled. The land was occupied by foreigners, by the Romans and the Byzantines, yes. and then the early Muslims, and then came the, the, the Crusaders and the late Muslims. Yes. And then, then, of course, the Ottoman Empire for 500 years, and eventually the British Mandate that started in the early 1920s. And the mandate that was given to Britain was that, the, the, that Palestine would be a place where the Balfour Declaration be fulfilled. And the Balfour Declaration was the promise of the British Empire for a Jewish homeland. And it's interesting because in the, at the moment when the mandate was given, Palestine was actually Jordan and Israel of today. Mm -hmm. So people don't know that. And it's interesting because none of them comes to the Jordanian and says, hey, that's Palestine as well. It's funny because Jordan controlled the West Bank until 1967, and no one asked them for a state for the Palestinians. Egypt controlled Gaza until 1967, and no one asked them for a Palestinian state. In fact, when we fought against Egypt and then signed peace with them in 1979, the Egyptians said, Give us Sinai back, but please keep Gaza to yourself. Yeah. We do not want that one Isn't back. Isn't that something? Listen, that's what we have right now. People don't know In that fact. history. And uh, we have to admit that uh, lies and deceptions are all over, all around. And uh, we have to fight it, and fighting it by knowledge and by education. And the Bible is, I think, the best source of education. Because if you go to the book of Nehemiah, to chapter 2, you see that one of those who mocked Nehemiah for yeah. returning back to Jerusalem was Geshem the Arab. And Nehemiah himself said, you will never understand why I'm back in the land and why I'm back in Jerusalem. Because you have no heritage, you have no yeah. memorial, you have no nothing in Jerusalem. You don't know Jerusalem, you don't, it means nothing to you. Because you, that's, not, not, that's not yours. Yeah. So you will never understand why I have to go all the way back here and rebuild the city and rebuild the walls and rebuild the temple. So even the Bible tells us that the Arabs had no heritage and no memorial and nothing regarding Jerusalem yeah. or the rest of the country. But again, the world always prefers to believe the lie 
and uh, we see that even today. Mm. Look, even today, 1,400 people were massacred, and people around the world still believe the lie that it never happened. I mean, I have a, f a recording of a phone call of one of those murderers who called his mom yes. from the person from a woman's cell phone, a woman he just killed, her and her husband. And he was proudly saying, Mom, I just killed 10 Jews. I still have their blood on my hands. Yes. In fact, I'm calling you from the phone of that woman. I just killed her and her husband. You should be proud of your son. They were proud. They filmed everything they did with the GoPro cameras, body cameras. Yes. Everything we know about what happened is from their it's cameras. From they were doing live broadcasts on Facebook and WhatsApp and, and, and TikTok. They were so happy. They were so proud. They just never thought that there is a tomorrow which they will pay for. It. And now payday yeah. is coming. And trust me... No one in Gaza Strip is, is that innocent. Let me tell you something. They voted Hamas in. Let me tell you that they cheer for Hamas's rockets flying to Israel every day. And I will tell you, even now, they're still completely behind Hamas. And at least half of the people that were murdered were murdered by civilians that infiltrated through the open border, not by the Hamas terrorists with guns. So... We have to understand, I would not call them innocent civilians over there. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, anyone... Look, the Bible tells us, people ask me, why are you so you know, milit militaristic or so militant when it comes to... You're a believer, you should love your enemy. Look, Romans 13 tells us that the government has the duty to use its sword against the evildoers. Yeah. And I, I'm not going and killing Palestinians. I'm not going and using anything. But I expect my government, according to even the New Testament, right. to use its sword to execute judgment upon the evildoers. Yeah, there's no doubt about the, the fact... There's ultimate judgment coming at the hand of God and his righteousness. And then there is um, what I would just consider as what Amir is speaking of, um, the, the precursor to God's judgment. And that is a temporary judgments. God issues tempor temporary judgments through authorities. Uh, that's part of God's government revealed in scripture, both Old and New Testament. Amir mentioned the word, uh, two words. He, he mentioned the word deception and he mentioned the word lies. And I'm gonna sh I want all of you guys to see this. Guys, we're going to go to slide number four. I want you to see a lie that your university student believes. And I want to unpack this for you quickly and then give Amir the opportunity to speak to this. Now, this is how the world, listen carefully, this is how the world views this current issue today. Notice the top, Palestinian loss of land, 1947 to present. That's what your kids are learning in school. That's what the UN sees. This is what many in the United States government sees. This is what many in the West see in other parts of the world. This is how they recognize it. You have friends, neighbors, family, co-workers. This is their view on the left side. This is their view. Now watch this. On the left side... Amir said it, I hope you caught it. None of that was, quote, green until 135 AD 
by the Emperor Hadrian, Roman Emperor. Stop right there. From the creation of time itself, all the way through, God had called this land the promised land. That it would be a land that would be eventually Abraham's land, but it eventually, the scripture says, it would be Israel. And there's a very, very direct, I'll show it to you in a moment, a very key layout of the land of promise. Okay? But from 135 AD, when Hadrian, the pagan Roman, said, I want to shame the Israelis, I want to destroy Jerusalem, so let's do this. Let's no longer call Jerusalem, Jerusalem, but Capitolina, and let's no longer call Israel, Israel, let's call it Palestine, or uh, root is Philistia, the land of the Philistines, the land of the invaders, which is today spoken, you can say, Palestine. But it comes out of Rome, friends. But from the, from the unbelieving world view, to them, Israel has done nothing but eat up land. You see, the occupier, to them, has been advancing. That the occupier tonight is the one retaliating against those who attacked Israel. Are you tracking me? Because they view what Israel's doing as a great injustice. Why? They don't believe Israel should have been in the first place. Listen, if you don't believe in the God of the Bible, then you would agree with them. This comes down not to geopolitical issues. This comes down to spiritual issues. Did God promise Abraham the land? You only know that from the Bible. You also only know this from the Bible. There is no word Palestine in the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, it's not there. But Israel is in there nearly 700 times. Okay, are you listening? You can go back as far back as time can go, and you'll find the name Israel in the scriptures. Amir mentioned Nehemiah. That's about 2,500 years ago, okay? What was Nehemiah talking about? What did King Artaxerxes say to Nehemiah for him to go back and rebuild? Go back to Jerusalem. Go back to Israel. Friends, the, the pagan ancient world called Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and they called Israel, Israel. No one ever called it Palestine. It was Hadrian who said, those Jews make me sick. I want to erase their memory of their land and of their heritage, so let's rename it. Let's punish them by renaming them. That name has stuck to people who do not believe in the God of the Bible. I hope this is making some sense. So what you see now to the far right is Israel present, and look how they put it. The white area now is Israeli-occupied land. And you look at that, and you're a, you're a, a, a student at, at Harvard, and you're going, oh, man, I see the injustice now. Lies and doctrines of demons. Why? Because if Israel doesn't exist, then where is Christ returning to? If there's no Jerusalem, then where is Christ going to establish his throne? Are you getting my drift? These are spiritual issues. And then real quick, I want to show you, uh, put, up, uh, put up number two, Jack, guys. Yeah. Can I show you uh, this, this slide that you just uh, showed? Look, this is the real deal. See, look at the screen right now. Okay, that's the fake and that's the real. 
The real is that there was a British mandate. Yeah. We offered them. There was an offer for them. They said no. Then 1967, then you see the rest. There was never a point where there was a Palestinian state, never a point where they owned the land, never a point where we took it from them. If anything, we offered them a state, and they said, no, thank you. They said, we don't want to live next to you. We want to live instead of you. That's, that's the thing that we have right now. And so, in fact, mm -hmm. what we have now, they have more than they need to. Um, and... Well, that's, you know, again, the, the, the fake is fake and the real is real. It's always, you always teach history from where it's convenient to you. And, and, and for them, it's convenient only from 1948. They don't want to talk about what happened before. They don't want to talk yeah. about the fact that actually they never had anything. And just a short reminder, we often now, since October 7th, call them Nazi Hamas. The leader of the Palestinians met with Adolf Hitler and had a pact with Hitler that once they destroyed the Jewish people, uh, the Palestinians will get the land, and Hitler promised them that it will happen. So they collaborated with Hitler then, and they are now mimicking the Nazi uh, uh, actions even today. Yep, absolutely. You guys, real quick, slide number two. Slide number two, this is the land. When God spoke to Abraham and, and told Abraham the parameters of the land, this is what it's going to be when Jesus comes back. You, yeah, take a picture of that. When Christ returns and sits upon his throne, the kingdom will be established and the promised land of Israel will be fulfilled. It was really, uh, it, was, it was its largest under Solomon, but it was never fully realized. Friends, listen, the God of the Bible is either true or false. He's either uh, honest or he's not. When he says, this is the parameters, this is the land that is promised, those parameters will be accomplished when Christ Jesus returns. You can, you can bet your eternal life on that. And so just, just remember that. Uh, the next slide is number three, which shows it in just more modern type colors. Take a look at that. Israel's not going to go away. Now, granted, Israel does have a tribulation period that's coming that is going to be horrific, and the Jews will suffer during the tribulation period like, like they've never suffered before. That's hard to believe, but it's, that's what the Bible says. But when Christ returns, this is going to be God's kingdom. Christ sits on the throne in the millennial age, the 1,000-year reign of Christ. Um, it very much resembles slide number one. If you look at the tribes of Israel uh, from the book of Joshua, chapters 13 to 19, you can kind of see, uh, you know, a little bit more, even though you see Simeon goes way down in, in, into the south. I just want you to visually see that. But just know this, that what you're seeing on the news today, people are screaming and yelling and tipping and burning cars and beating people up. And, um, and who knows what right now, maybe even worse things, uh, because of the Palestinian issue they're saying. Wait, is it the Palestinian issue you're concerned about? Or is it that Hamas is getting their teeth kicked in? What's causing you to become violent? Why are you, why are you doing this in Philadelphia? Poor, I don't know if you saw the riots in Philadelphia the other day. 
It was a pro-Palestinian riot. And so a group of LBGTQ went out there with them, with their flag, not knowing that Muslims kill homosexuals. They They didn't stop to do some homework. And they got the snot beat out of them and they ran for their lives. You need to understand that the debate, people will talk about the land. It's not about, tech. I said this a few, a few weeks ago, it's not exactly about Hamas, it's not exactly about Palestinian, it's not exactly about, listen, I said it, it's, it's about the belief in one of two gods that you hold to. That's what it's come down to. And the, battle, the battlefield is, is, is the land of Israel. But I just want to leave this with you. For some of you may be watching and you're struggling with this information. Just pick up a Bible. Because the Bible predates Islam. The Bible predates Muhammad. The Bible predates the Philistines. The Bible is your chief history book. Pick it up. Hey, Amir, will you come in on this for a moment? I just got this... Uh, Erdogan in Turkey says that Hamas is not a terrorist group, but a liberation group. And so President Tepik Erdogan, in his strongest comments yet on Gaza, on the Gaza conflict, uh, said, by the way, Turkey's a NATO member, that's concerning, right? Condemned the civilian deaths that came at the hands of Hamas on October 7th in the rampage in southern Israel. However, Ankara has strongly criticized Israel's bombardment of Gaza. That's, of course, that's what we expect of them. But, and I quote, Hamas is not a terrorist organization. It's a liberation group. The Mujahideen waging a battle to protect its lands and people. Yeah. You see, this world leader is making a comment and energizing people off of a lie. You know more now about the land argument than most people in the world do right now. Hmm. And um, anyway, Amir, please. Yeah, well, you have to understand there's so many vectors right now in, in this region, and not all of them are with the same interest. Let, let me break it down for, for some of you. First of all, there is the Jewish-Muslim thing. And then, of course, there is the Shiite-Sunni thing. And, and then there is the uh, Russian, American, Chinese thing. There's a lot of different vectors here. This type of remark of Erdogan is to pivot himself as the leader of the Sunnis. Uh, because you have to understand, right now, the Arab world is watching and seeing something very, very unusual. The Shiite country of Iran is using a Sunni terror organization to attack Israel. And they're like, what is going on here? We need to be the ones uh, kind of in charge of the Sunnis. Let them, let them stay with their own Shiite uh, people. This animosity between the two groups goes back 1,500 years, and, and they've killed each other more than they've killed others. Uh, so right now, Erdogan remembers... I was the Ottoman Empire. We were the seat of the last caliphate. We 
Um, I want to be back uh, the leader of the Sunni world. I don't want Saudi Arabia to lead. I don't want Egypt to lead. So I will position myself mm -hmm. as the person who protects Hamas in the Sunni world. Because right now, Saudis distance themselves from Hamas. Even the Egyptians don't care much about Hamas. The Egyptians fight Islamic Brotherhood. And all the Gulf states are all staying away. But Erdogan says, that's my time to shine yes. as the, the one who wants to once again become the leader of the Sunni world. And this is, by the way, why in Ezekiel 38, Turkey is the main Sunni country coming against Israel, positioning itself as the leader of them, whereas uh, Iran mm -hmm. will come as the Shiite. And th there's, again, there's a battle. Who is going to take over? Who is going to... Um, have the victory over the Jewish people. So Erdogan is only releasing statements at this point, um, but uh, he wants to make it very clear there is no vacuum here uh, that I, I mean, I must make it clear that I position myself as, as uh, the protector of the Sunni world. But Erdogan knows, everyone knows, everyone knows that what Hamas did is genocide. Everyone knows yeah. that no one can ever justify. Hundreds of millions of Muslims, I believe, are ashamed of what they see yes. right now with, with, with the things that were done in the name of Islam. Right. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, um, statements like that are just to pay the lip uh, uh, due uh, for, uh, for, for the Sunni world. But um, you know, there will come a time when Erdogan will materialize these words into mm -hmm. actions, um, and that's around the corner. Uh, so right now, it's very interesting because when everything started, the Iranian foreign minister called, excuse me, the Iranian um, uh, top military commander called the Turkish counterpart to discuss the next moves. They already start talking. What about, they, they, don't, they don't love each other, but when it comes to Israel, they find alliance. Mm -hmm. Russia is there, Turkey is there, Iran is there, and as, as, as of yesterday, Libya just kicked out all the ambassadors of the major Western countries. Yes. Is Libya now positioning itself this to be part key. of this thing? I don't know, but I know one thing. My Bible tells me yes. that it will be part of it. So we're not there yet, but we're on the freeway yeah. to reach that point of that war. Amir, this is really good. Everybody needs to let that sink in. Friends, he's, he's talking about the Ezekiel battle of Ezekiel chapter 38, that many of you maybe are new to Christianity, and you don't know what, what does he mean? What is he talking about? Libya, what does that have to do with anything? This is not the Ezekiel battle that's happening today. However, we have never been in modern history, when I say modern, I shouldn't even have said modern, I don't think ever, have we ever been this close to the Ezekiel 38 fulfillment because something had to happen first in the last days of human history, Israel would have to become a nation again for Ezekiel 38 to happen. You understand that, everybody? The Bible says from the prophet Ezekiel 30, 
three, say 30, uh, 2,700 years ago, that in the last days, this war would take place that would be really over, overviewed or, 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 or watched by and supplied by, the Hebrew word is even supplier, by a leader that has a title by the name of Gog, G-O-G. And he's a political and a military leader. He wears both hats. And this particular individual will be the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, the ancient tribal names found in Genesis chapter 10 and what is known as the Table of Nations. And you can find those areas in the world by looking at ancient maps. This one will not be willing to get into the fight. But Persia and Turkey, the Bible says, and Libya, Amir Amisson, uh, Ethiopia, who else? Uh, who else? Sudan. Sudan. They will launch an attack on Israel, and the Bible says that God will have to put a hook in the jaw of the leader of Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. All of those are lands in Russia today, and pull him out of the uttermost parts of the north, down into the battle with these other nations, which just happen to be, right now, all Muslim who have vowed for the destruction and annihilation of Israel and every Jew. None of that could have happened without Israel being a nation. It couldn't have happened before 1948. You see the incredible accuracy yeah. of your Bible. It couldn't have happened even before the 1990s because it speaks of Israel being prosperous yeah. and safe and secure and with unwalled villages and towns. And, and we were not that prosperous or secured in 1948, 67, 73, <laughs> and 82. So we're definitely, everything is only applicable to the last uh, few years. And yeah. uh, Israel now is wealthy with the, the natural gas that we found. We became... Uh, you know, an energy superpower, regional superpower, and and this is probably the hook in the jaw of, of 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 Russia to come down towards us. But again, the rest of them will have different uh, things in mind. But again, uh, Pastor Jack, remember that in the same chapter, it's the Saudis that are protesting against this, and it's the Western world that is protesting against it. And therefore, uh, the only missing link here, the, the only difference, the only thing that makes me believe that we're not there yet mm -hmm. is the fact that, that in the Ezekiel war, Israel will not be assisted by anyone. No Whereas right now, we do have American troops on the ground and American carriers off the shore. So, again, right. uh, Damascus has to be destroyed and America has to be somehow... Uh, yeah. deactivated or something like that. I think that China is not mentioned in Ezekiel 38. Maybe China will take care of America and then the rest will come down towards Israel. I don't know. Look, I, I don't want to start speculations. I know one thing. In my Bible, Damascus will be destroyed and America yeah. will not come to help Israel. Yeah. That, these are the two things I know from the Bible. So, um, is it, it, I think you and I agree on this, it's safe to say that we are in route to the 
parts being assembled, the stage being propped, set for what could be Ezekiel, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. But in the meantime, yeah. in the meantime, are you doing the same thing, Amir? I get up every morning, and the first thing I do is 30 seconds of news. 30 seconds, that's all I need. I turn on to find out if Damascus has been struck. Because yeah. if I understand my Bible right and my timetable right, Isaiah 17, 1's got to take place. And what is it? I, uh, Jeremiah 49, I think, yes. maybe? That, that explosion or detonation of Damascus, it says that, that there'll be a, a fire started in the wall of Damascus and it shall be completely consumed and never again inhabited. That's never happened. And so I watch for Damascus, and I watch right now um, for, I hate to say this, it pains me to say this, but you said it, how Ezekiel shows us that there's no nation when Ezekiel battle takes place, no nation comes to the aid of Israel. She's all alone, which clearly means either the United States has a completely different political view of Israel by that time, or America is incapable of responding to help, can't do it, or there is no America, or something has got to disable Israel's strongest historical ally, the United States. And yeah. as much as we do not like this administration, at least currently, there's nonstop flights of supplies coming in to assist Israel. Church family, that is going to, when the Ezekiel battle happens, the U.S. will not play a role at all whatsoever, which is of great concern. Amir, um, would you mind telling uh, people about the, um, that Ham it's, it's Israel's understanding that Hamas jumped the gun? Is, do you understand what I mean by that yes. term, jumped the gun? Yes. You know, six months ago, on April 8th, I published on my Telegram channel, um, the information that uh, we received from um, someone who is well well versed with uh, the corridors of Tehran and Baghdad, and he basically gave us this information. And he said, "Look, guys, you need to prepare yourself because what Tehran is planning for you and plotting for the last few years, first." with General Qasem Soleimani and now with Ismail Kani. These are the leaders of the Al-Quds Force. The Al-Quds Force is the unit in the Iranian Revolutionary Guard that is, their mission is to export the Iranian Shiite Revolution uh, to the region and create a ring of fire around Israel in order to wait for the day of judgment, they call it, the, yes. the day of battle, where all of the proxies at once will fire thousands of rockets and cause overwhelm the Iron Dome and any other uh, uh, missile defense systems that we have. And then under that um, umbrella of rockets, they will immediately uh, barge through the uh, walls and the, and the fences with their... Um, uh, with their uh, vehicles and uh, motorcycles. They will take over 
Israeli settlements and military bases. They will take thousands of Israelis hostages. Israel will take a week to even recover from the first strike. And before you know it, Israel might even have to come to an end because these attacks will come from four different corners, uh, four different directions. That is, or that was, the grand plan of the Ayatollahs. And what happened on October 7th is that uh, Hamas uh, disobeyed uh, and uh, jumped the gun earlier because it saw an opportunity. And you have to understand, no one knew about that day except a few people in. Everyone knew that Hamas is getting ready for this big plan. But Hamas deceived even Iran and Hezbollah That's key. by yes. jumping the gun earlier than, than planned because they wanted to take the glory for themselves. Even their own operatives, their own terrorists, when they gathered them at 5 a.m. that Saturday morning, none of them knew that uh, this is it. They thought this is another exercise. Right. And they told them, guys, this morning, it's not an exercise. It's the real deal. And that's it. So it was such a very well kept uh, secret, and uh, and uh, Hezbollah was shocked. You know, if Hezbollah knew about it, if the Iranian proxies in Syria, Iraq, and Yemen knew about it, if Tehran knew about it, they would have ordered everyone to to attack simultaneously. They did not know. They were shocked. And and Israel, as I said before, we were under the the understanding that Hamas is not as bad as Hezbollah, so we need to get ready from the northern uh, uh, border for the worst. And even in the first hour of this attack on Saturday morning, the Israeli special forces were actually called up to the north. We thought this is a distraction for the real deal that is about to come from the north. It took us an hour to understand that Hezbollah knew nothing about it, and that the uh, proxies in, 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 in the rest of the surroundings in, in Syria and in Iraq and Yemen, they did not know about it. And that's why we immediately rushed all the way down to the border to take care of business there. So hmm. uh, thankfully, I see it as a miracle. Yes. It's a miracle that this whole simultaneous attack did not take place. A. B. From what we found on the ground and from the number of people that infiltrated and the weapons we found and the maps and the instructions and the manuals, they planned on something 10 times bigger and they yes. planned on being able to keep whatever they took over for weeks. Um, they, they, they had manuals of how to survive and how to um, be able to do that. They were heading towards bigger Israeli cities and bigger Israeli military installations. Yes. The quick response of the Israeli teams managed to stop this massacre closer to the border and managed to stop it at 1400 because, let me tell you something, the amount of weapon and ammunition and stuff that they brought with them should have killed at least 10,000 people. And if they only had things done mm -hmm. or if they had things done as well as, as the way they planned things would have been 10 times worse so again there's the local miracle of them not doing what they wanted to do to the extent of what they want to do and the regional uh, miracle of of everybody else not even knowing about it therefore they couldn't 
do it at the same time. Look, God protected us. The enemy tried. Mm -hmm. The enemy struck, but not to the point of our extinction. And, and we have to remember that this is now, it brought Israel to the point of the highest alert. You know, when Putin is trying to recruit soldiers, everybody's trying to run away from the country. When That's Israel is trying to recruit soldiers, everybody is flocking back to the country. Did you see? 200,000 Israelis came back from abroad. Another 150,000 were already here. 350,000 reservists are called in. And right now, Israel has the largest number of people on uniform on its borders. We have 100,000 soldiers on the southern border, 100,000 in the northern border, and another 150,000 in the West Bank and the Jordan Valley. We are the highest alert ever. Mm -hmm. And so the plan to come from all directions and surprise us is no longer uh, something that the Iranians can, and, can, can execute. Mercy. And uh, I see it as a great miracle. Uh, I, I try to also... Uh, focus on those things because remember 9-11 Jack you yeah. and I know that 9-11 was supposed to be 10 times bigger That's right. than what it was and and you and I know that um, it wasn't God's judgment it was actually the mercies of God because things should have been it could yes. have been much 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 more difficult than they were yeah and remember proportionally Israel suffered a blow that is equal to 15 times 9-11 yeah, can you explain that to everybody, Amir? People, listen to what he just said. This is not, this is not exaggeration. What, the, no, the, the, the yeah. number he's going to give you is, is yeah. a 1,400 people for 10 million population of 8 million Jews compares to the 4,000 that died in America for 350 million says that what we suffered is 15 times bigger as, as in proportion to the population than what America. It's as if America lost on 9-11 50,000 people. Yeah. Now, I'm asking you, if you would have lost 50,000 people, I mean, 4,000 brought you all the way to Afghanistan and Iraq. Can you imagine 50,000 in one, in less than one day? Now, Forget about that. What we had gone through is not just plane hitting a building and killing people on the spot. We went through hours of Nazi ISIS style executions. What our rescue and search and rescue teams found, they have never seen in their mm. entire lifetime. Right. We found Families in their homes where the father's eye was gouged, where the mother's one breast was cut off, where the five-year-old girl's foot was cut off, and the seven-year-old boy, his fingers were cut off. And while they were bleeding to death, the terrorists started having lunch in a table nearby. They watched them suffer, and when it was all done, they burned them alive. Now, we saw that, we saw uh, uh, a pregnant woman, that her yep. belly was open with yes. a knife, and then that knife was cutting the unborn baby. I mean, it was stuck in the unborn baby, and then she was shot in the back of her head. We found piles of kids, 
10 children on this pile and 10 on this pile burned alive. We tried to find bullet hole. They were not dead. They were burned alive. Mm. These are atrocities that were never seen, even not in the Nazi time. And so it's not just that we lost that number of people. Mm -hmm. It's even how we lost it and where we lost it. We will not stop until Hamas is eradicated and every person that collaborated with them will eventually be executed. We're now passing a law. Israel doesn't execute people. But we're, we, the only case we executed someone is when it was a Nazi criminal like Adolf Eichmann. And right now we're legislating a new legislation that will equal Hamas and the collaborators of Hamas to the Nazis and their collaborators. And we're going to see executions done in Israel once again. And let me conclude with this. Under Gaza right now, there are 40,000 terrorists in tunnels. Yes. Gaza may be a city above the ground, but there is another city under the ground. And under the ground, there is 500 kilometers length of tunnels, 1,300 tunnels. Some of them are more than 200 foot deep under the ground with different levels. And we are talking about 30 to 40,000 uh, terrorists that will either come out surrendering or will be eliminated by the IDF. And even if they come out surrendering, and we capture them, we are going to execute them according to this new legislation that we're passing right now. Yeah. So if you're terrified with whatever the death toll in Gaza is right now, and by the way, Israel is not aiming at civilian population. We are calling the civilians to leave the area we're about to bomb ahead of time. And once they are out, we we attack. And I'm telling you, we started attacking in the last 48 hours. We are actually hitting the tunnels themselves. We will not stop until this enemy will be eradicated. Yeah. Now, it's not going to stop there. Right. Because we, once we're done there, we need to go and take care of business with Hezbollah. And once we're done there, if there's any other enemy along the border and with Syria... See, that's the Middle East language. We've been talking English and French with them or Hebrew with them so far. They only understand Arabic. Yeah. And this is the only way, the only way, if you truly understand Middle East and Middle East affairs, the only way they will fear you is not if you offer them peace deals and not if you offer them come and work in my place and come and have this and no. If you completely annihilate your enemies, that's when you will have peace. When we, uh, when we defeated Jordan and we defeated Egypt, now we have peace with them. Yes. And, and the Saudis and the Emirate, Emiratis, they count on us to defeat Iran. That's why they want peace with us. Every eye of every moderate country in the Middle East is on Israel right now. And the end game will determine what our future is going to be like. And when I look at Ezekiel and I see that the Saudis, Sheba and Didan, are protesting against the invasion, it seems like they're on our side, not assisting us, but at least on our side. I can conclude from that that this current conflict will end up with Israel destroying Hamas.
and and as as a as a as a as a way to tell everybody else around us if you are messing up with us you will have scourged land wherever you are and so look we i've never seen such resolve in the israelis never seen this is a different country if you thought you know israel israel after october 7th is a different country it were a very different country we do not trust our uh, neighbors we're ready to do whatever it takes because this is an existential threat now because as a believer i know the end of the story but for the israelis who are don't know the end of the story they know if we're not doing it right now we won't be here so they're fighting for their life right now and i'm telling you the real war hasn't started yet mm-hmm. so mir um the the issue of what is now with its expansion I want everybody to understand maybe they already do but since October 7th the escalation of rhetoric of war talk it's quite remarkable if you think about it everybody October 7th happens in a far far away place that without modern technology you never would have known it happened but not only do you know that it happened but all of a sudden almost immediately people began nations began war posturing they weren't even involved in it so to speak again i mentioned earlier tonight north korea taiwan's under great threat tonight because of china we have been told to evacuate the north pacific ocean china wants us out Canada recently had one of their uh it was either a surveillance aircraft or weather aircraft was almost knocked out of the sky by a Chinese uh fighter jets not not missile but almost hit it intimidation tactics things like this going on as we talked about earlier US assets in the Middle East if you've been miss most of you have it but for years amir and i have talked about if if we were evil what would we do to take down america well what you would do is you would take advantage of a depleted united states you would wait patience is to you is your friend and you would get the opportunity to where the united states is embroiled in something in the middle east embroiled in something in the north pacific with china or someone and then that would be the time and we talked about this for years we we would sit around and drink coffee and say how could things possibly play out according to scripture we would we would think about plan a and how silly that one was or maybe there's elements of plan a or what about b well jeremiah says this and then you know and it's like it's just it's wonderful it's a blast to look at the scripture and the time and the age in which you and I live in but just understand that no matter where you are in the world no matter who you are no matter what your religion has been up until this moment 
The God of the Bible is not inviting you to know one more religion. He's not asking you to forget all the ones that you've known or the one that you've known and come and get the true religion. He's not asking you to do that. He's asking you to divorce yourself from religion, which is man-made. Religion is man-made. And he's asking you, no matter... Listen, if you're one of those terrorists right now somehow watching... The, the God of the Bible is saying, I will forgive you if you repent of your sins and believe that I died on the cross for your sins and rose again from the dead. Trust me, and I will wash you as clean and as white as snow. Now, I wouldn't do that to you, but God will do that to you. Because yeah, we will and, kill them. And remember, Paul the Apostle as Saul of Tarsus was the ISIS leader of his day. He was hunting Christians. He was having them killed. And God reached out to him. No wonder why Ananias said, Lord, I don't want anything to do with this man. Don't worry, I got him, God said. I, I got him. We say that tonight in obedience to the Bible. But listen, Catholicism, Calvary Chapel, Baptist, Judaism, Muslim, none of those things are going to save you. None of those associations are going to get you forgiveness and eternal life. Not a one. Understand that the world that we're living in and the condition that this world is in is horrific, absolutely, but it's not escape the preview of God. It's not escape the eye of God. He knows what's going to happen next. He's not learning anything, friends. He's unfolding his plan. And if you don't like the way things are going in this world, then you should become a follower of God because he doesn't either. He's not programming these things. He knew these things would happen in advance. He's God. And so as long as you're breathing, there's hope. But know this, without Jesus... It's, it's, I'm trying to figure out how to say it other than saying hell. I'm trying to say something more than hell. It's worse than what you could ever imagine. That God on the cross died so you wouldn't have to experience that. And it's, it's nothing compared to what terrorists can do. But these people, you wonder. Because I have to tell you, uh, we've not talked about this yet, Amir. We haven't had the time, but a, a friend of mine reached out to me the other day in Tel Aviv. And he said, um, I'm going with the, uh, with the U.S. Congressional and Senate de uh, de delegation, you know, Lindsey Graham and those guys. I'm going with them to see one hour of unedited footage. And he asked me, he loves the Lord, he lives in Israel, and he's in a certain position, and he said, I just, just want you to pray for me. I, I want to be prepared for what I'm about to see, because I've heard rumors, but I'm going to see now 
the body cam footage. And I, I said to him, do you really have to see it? And he says, I feel obligated to see it because of my position. I feel obligated. I need to know what we're up against. As of yet, I've only heard. I've not seen. And I said, just know this. I'm going to be praying for you that God guards your mind and your memory because once you see this, you can never unsee it. And it will affect you. And it affected him. And only because he's a follower of Yeshua is he going to mitigate what he saw. But here is a guy who is tops at what he does, and he just, after he saw what he saw, just absolutely broke down because of what Amir was saying gently. I am not going to tell you what our senators saw. I don't know if you know this or not, but a, a delegation went over to Israel to view and uh, it's unspeakable. So how can this happen? Right now, there's this, I'm sorry, excuse my French, but there's this really stupid dialogue taking place right now that you may have heard about that the terrorists were not really as bad as people that you think they are or were because... They took, is it called a captagon? Anybody remember what that is? Where's the pharmacist in the house? Did I say that correctly? Captagon. I don't know if you guys are aware of captagon, but the, when, when General Pershing was dealing with the Muslims, We were shooting them at war, but they wouldn't stop. They kept coming at us. You couldn't stop them. They got, their arms were getting blown off, and they wouldn't stop. And he said, we have a problem. These guys don't stop. Well, Pershing discovered that what was going on is that these attackers, and in this case, they were Muslims, they would... I think it's uh, the nickname is cot. They would chew this hallucinogenic and then charge the U.S. forces, stoned out of their minds, and you, it's like PCP. Remember the days of PCP? For those of us who are in our <laughs> 60s? People out of their minds, they're like, you want to talk, you want to talk about zombies? They were out of, you can't, you couldn't stop them. So General Pershing requested that Colt, the company, develop, I'm not kidding, you're going to have to research this, it's, good. it's pretty much probably cleansed from much of the internet. He dubbed it the Muslim Stopper. Do you know what it's called? The Colt 45 was created to stop people under the possession of these drugs. You guys, now the world is saying, don't judge, the t don't, don't, don't judge Hamas so harshly. We now know that they were uh, under captagon, a type of cocaine. So you really can't be too harsh on them. Excuse me? If you have half a brain, it tells you that they were so committed to their premeditated plan to execute it completely, they took captagon. Are you tracking me? Yes. 
it doesn't excuse them, it makes it worse. And I believe that there's a reason why in the Bible, the word sorcery in the original language is pharmakai, hallucinogenic. That it opens the door to demonic worlds. These people were terrorists and they were fulfilling a theological belief system. Make no mistake about it. But demons were involved because I believe a human can be very bad to another human. But what Amir is talking about and what my friend saw is beyond human capabilities. These are demon-possessed people who have given themselves over to a demon-possessed doctrine. And, um, and anyone that supports them yes. is, 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 must have demons in him as well. Yes. I mean, I cannot see how... Yes. A normal person can support yes. someone that is that burning is exactly correct. and give me a rational reason for why they that did it. That is exactly it. right. You, so, there's no way you can, you can justify it. And don't tell me it's oppression. Don't tell me it's, it's land for peace. They have nothing. It has nothing to do with that. Because if that's the case, then, then every person that has dispute with another should behead him and burn his children alive. I mean, are we, is that what we need to tell our, our people around mm -hmm. the world? Uh, this is obviously not the case. And if, yep. you, if you have people that come to you and somehow try to rationalize this, yes. including your congresswoman that are rationalizing it, including the UN Secretary General that are, is trying to rationalize it, they are as guilty yes. as the perpetrators. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Well, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. I, I, I'm sorry to leave you on this next note as being a heavy, but maybe it's what God has ordained for us to leave this place today, tonight, with, with what should be great grief in our hearts. We should rend our hearts, right? We should lament the final slide, you guys, number five, if you would. So, number five, this is, these are locations that in the last, I'll say, uh, so 72 hours, 96 hours uh, or less, in the last 96 hours or less, These are locations where U.S. forces have been attacked. You're not hearing this on your news. You're not hearing right now that we are trying to get answers from the Department of Defense and the State Department to say if in these locations have 22 soldiers been injured to what degree have they been wounded? Have they been killed? We do know that one was struck in a matter of a day and a half, and he is an absolute uh, vegetable now with m m parts of his brains missing. United States soldier, now, ladies and gentlemen, in the Middle East, 
The Russians are there some capacity. The Persians are there in some capacity. Hezbollah, Hamas are there. China's got their fingers in it by some means. England is now there with a carrier, I believe they have, in the area. There's an international presence that's growing. We've talked a lot about Ezekiel battle, not just yet, but maybe the stage is being set. We're wondering if Isaiah 17 and the elimination of Damascus, as the Bible says, is close. Maybe. But remember, the Bible never said one word about a first world war, and the Bible never said a word about a second world war. Could all that Amir and I had talked about tonight be preempted by a third world war? The answer is no one knows. Nobody knows. Because if things go off in the Pacific, and if things go off in the Mediterranean, this will be the third world war. What does this mean? It means for us to get very serious about our faith. Stop playing games. Listen, you're, you're dabbling with the world and, and you think you're okay with God. You're not okay with God. You pull him out when you need him and put him back when you don't. He's not falling for it. It is, it is so time to get ready that I made a post just the other day. Amir, is this true? It's hard for me to believe. It was a reputable news source. I just can't believe it. But I said, for those of you who need another hint to follow Christ, I mean, what more do you need when there's talk about the Pope or the Vatican giving artifacts back to Israel that, was, that were taken from Israel in 70 A.D.? What? How much more? If that's true, I do not know. You research it yourself. It's being reported. How many more warnings do you need before you decide to follow Jesus and not your own thing and, or your own appetites? Stop juggling. And, and it's just time to get right with God. Father, we pray tonight, we ask, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you, Lord, you've said in the Bible, he who keeps Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. You have said that you have set your name upon Zion, upon Moriah, Jerusalem. Your name is there. You've called it your own. You have said that the Jews are your chosen people. You're the one that said that yet you would bring them back into the land of Israel in the last days, yet while in unbelief. They don't trust you. They don't believe you. They don't press into you. God, I pray that Israel would turn to you in faith, that the Jews would have, as we prayed earlier, the scales would fall off their eyes. We pray right now that, if, that as there's terrorists plotting and planning and making uh, plans, that you would appear in their Cave and show them your glory. God, that you would speak to these leaders of nations who actually think they're leading. That's the funny thing. We've read Psalm chapter 2. You're laughing at their calamity. 
God, that they would fall on their knees and see you as Lord and Savior. And Father, we pray for Israel to be turned to you, God. And of course, we all are longing and looking up. I mean, a bus honks its horn and we think we're six feet off the ground already. We're ready to go. But Lord, if you don't come for us, give us strength to stand, not be afraid. That's a sin for us to be fearful. We need to trust you. We pray that you would protect God, our border agents, and our ICE, and our homeland security. We know that we have already been uh, compromised beyond repair. And so, Father, that we as a people would be ready to love on our families. God, that you'd have mercy. We know how it goes for Israel. It's written in your book. America doesn't have that promise. And so for that, we throw ourselves down before you, asking you to be merciful to us, God. And I want to end, Father, on this beautiful note. Maybe it's symbolic, maybe it's tangible, time will tell. But we want to thank you, Almighty God, for whatever man had planned in Washington, D.C. these last few weeks. It is an amazing thing to find out today that you had the final say. It is amazing to find out that a real, wonderful, precious, born-again, Jesus-loving, minister, evangelist, <laughs> a board member, I think it is, with Living Waters and Ray Comfort, preacher of the word, has been elected today as the speaker of the house. That is a miracle. That's a miracle. And Lord, we thank you for even his first speech today, having been knighted, so to speak, as speaker of the house, was all about Israel, all about faith, all about God, all about you. Lord, maybe there's a glimmer. But dear God in heaven, we pray for your mercy. Lord, bless Amir, bless his children who are on the front lines, watch over his family. Lord, keep them as uh, they're uh, in various regions. And Lord, strengthen Amir. Father, so many people depend upon him and that's not easy. And God... Um, we just pray that he would know our love and sense our love. And I want to thank you, Father, publicly. When I couldn't get a hold of a mirror for days, uh, I just went nuts myself. I just had to hear him. I had to see him. And Lord, I thank you for the love of the Spirit that you've put in our hearts. I thank you for my brother. And Lord, I pray that you'd spoil him and his family with your kindness, with your goodness, with your generosity, with your protection, with your bounty. And Father God, that out of all of this, because he holds fast to your name and your word, that you would elevate Amir to be 
Lord's, as it were, so to speak, uh, an Elijah or a Billy Graham to Israel. Lord, he speaks to the world about you. Lord, cause his, his brethren of the Hebrew people to have their ears opened. Give him a voice bigger than what he's ever known before. We commit him into your hands. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Amir, we love you, brother. Thank you. God bless you. Let's all stand, church. God bless you guys. Have a good night.